welcome to the Caring Congregation podcast, where we seek to educate and equip pastors, congregational care ministers, or CCMs, and church laity to create a culture of care in the church and community. I'm Reverend Joy Dister Dominguez, your host and producer of this podcast, and I'm excited to be back with a brand new episode today. We're launching this new episode on Monday the nationally recognized holiday of Juneteenth. We're a day early this week, and it's really important that we recognize Juneteenth and the importance of that. So season five of the Caring Congregation podcast is all about the intersection of care and social justice. So I'll just be honest, growing up in Michigan, I never learned about Juneteenth. I remember learning about the Emancipation Proclamation and in my ignorance and perhaps um, lack of a full robust education, um, which I received a very good education. However, this was not included. Um, I figured that, you know, when the law changed, when the Emancipation Proclamation was signed and declared, it was like, poof, enslaved persons were free. And... I am still learning and I am grateful for God's grace and the opportunity to grow and learn. The last few years I've come to understand what Juneteenth means, why we celebrate it, why we honor it, why we recognize Juneteenth, and why we lament Um, June 19th. 1865, the Union soldiers enforced President Abraham Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation and freed all remaining enslaved persons in Texas. It was two months after the South's official surrender in the Civil War and two and a half years, two and a half years after the proclamation went into effect. There's a lot of lament there. There's a lot of witness to the evil of slavery and we continue to this day to see the ripple effect of that evil and so these conversations are really really important to have Um, i currently lead a weekly worship service at the church that i'm appointed And yesterday, on Juneteenth, I had a very special guest, Reverend Dr. Rhonda Branch Yearby. I want to tell you a little bit about Rhonda. She is a remarkable woman. She is the CEO of Tarrant Churches Together, that is the county in which I reside. Uh, She's been a CEO of several faith-based organizations, raising over $150 million in grants. She served for 30 years as an associate pastor and is currently a member of Allen Chapel African Methodist Episcopal Church here in Fort Worth, Texas. Dr. Rhonda is the author of 25 books. She is a community activist and very passionate about social justice. She's the mother of three children, 20 grandchildren, and seven great-grandchildren. I hope that you enjoy this conversation from worship yesterday. And I invite you to take today, take this week even perhaps, to learn more about Juneteenth and what it means in your community, what it means to persons in the margins. 
This is all about the opening of our eyes to the intersection of care and social justice. Take a listen. We're so glad to have you. I'm blessed to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to read our scripture for this morning. It comes from Genesis chapter 4. The man Adam knew his wife Eve intimately. She became pregnant and gave birth to Cain and said, I have given life to a man with the Lord's help. She gave birth a second time to Cain's brother, Abel. Abel cared for the flocks and Cain farmed the fertile land. Sometime later, Cain presented an offering to the Lord from the land's crops while Abel presented his flock's oldest offspring with their fat. The Lord looked favorably on Abel and his sacrifice, but didn't look favorably on Cain and his sacrifice. Cain became very angry and looked resentful. The Lord said to Cain, why are you so angry and why do you look resentful? If you do the right thing, won't you be accepted? But if you don't do the right thing, sin will be waiting at the door ready to strike. It will entice you, but the rule, but you must rule over it. Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. When they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. The Lord said to Cain, where is your brother? Cain said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? The inspired word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So obviously it's so important that we recognize and honor what Juneteenth is. So I wish that you would share with us, what does Juneteenth mean to you? In the words of Opal Lee, um, freedom, education, freedom for all, freedom for everyone. What Juneteenth means to me from the time I was a little child with uh, visiting my grandmother in Sherman, Texas. My family was military, so I didn't know anything about. Uh, I was 63 as of Friday. Woohoo! Happy birthday! <laughs> so I didn't really understand about separation. So my sister and I were in Sherman, Texas, shopping with our grandmother, and we wanted hot summer day. Wanted to get some water. And my grandmother was just, no, 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 don't go to that one. Go to this one. And we've always called my sister Coretta Scott King. So at six years old, she was like, no, I have the right Mm -hmm. to drink out of this water hydrant. And we laugh about it now because we didn't know how serious Mm -hmm. it was during that time. And she drank out of that uh, water hydrant which was on June 19th. Mm. And on that day, my grandmother wanted to explain to us, you know, about 1865. And I remember my sister and I just crying, just knowing not just black people, any people who would be oppressed. And um, during that time, she always told us about showing kindness and love and treating people the same. So it was a shocker as a child to find out that being in Texas, we didn't have the same rights that we did living in Europe. Yeah. How old were you when that happened with your sister? Uh, I was eight and she was seven. Eight. That makes such an impression on a young girl. 
Yeah, it, yeah. it really does. And then from that, every year we would learn uh, different lessons. Oh, my Diana Ross hair. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. Very good. See, but thank you. So you continued to learn those lessons growing up that you lived in a world that um, obviously had so much pain and suffering from generational trauma that was experienced because of enslaved persons. Yes. Yeah. And you um, are such an advocate uh, for social justice and for change, especially in our community. Where does that, describe that, that, that drive and that courage and determination um, in the work that you do here in Fort Worth? Again, my grandmother, uh, my mother, and coming from uh, a biracial family where you were taught everybody is equal, mm -hmm. treat everyone the same, you are your brother's keeper, your sister's keeper, you take care of everyone, you treat people uh, with respect. And that drive comes uh, from them, you know, Growing up when I did, you know, knowing about Martin Luther King uh, Jr., Cesar Chavez, you know, saying all people are equal, mm -hmm. let's work together. And I've done that all my life. I think that everybody should be treated equal. But in the past few years, my advocacy has really changed because I have a black son. And when he was in, and we all know that saying, driving while black. And it was probably the scariest time for me when he was stopped for no reason uh, at all. Great young man, finished from Texas A&M, officer in the military, a chef, and was pulled to the side for two hours for no reason at all. And that's when I started understanding that a lot of his Hispanic and black men are treated differently mm -hmm. in this country. Mm -hmm. And this is America, home of the brand, uh, brave land of the free. And, you know, just as many black and Hispanic men have put history in this country, did, done so many things, just as all other men, but are disrespected in the own the country that they grew up. Mm -hmm. And then here in Fort Worth, you know, if most of you watched the news the other day. Um, I can't pronounce her name right. Jefferson. Tatiana. Tatiana yes. Jefferson. Do you want a handheld mic? I got it. <laughs> um, you know, her trial has been changed four, is it four times? Has been change four times. So when do we see justice mm -hmm. for our sister who was leading a good life yeah. just at her grandmother's house? And I, I feel it's education. We all need to be educated yes. uh, about social justice, about injustice. Mm -hmm. And it takes a, just a little bit of each one of us every day respecting that and learning what we don't know about others and still loving them, praying for them, wishing them well. 
until even in the days of George Floyd uh, here in Fort Worth, at times was scary. Sure. And um, you and your pastor, all of us have been on clergy calls with yes. Judge Whitley. Mm -hmm. uh, the clergy here in Fort Worth, I'm happy to say mm -hmm. we are all involved. We are Rainbow Coalition mm -hmm. and we work together, brothers and sisters, and making sure there's social justice for all. So please know that your co-pastor and pa senior pastor are very involved in social justice in our community. And he even here in Fort Worth, we were involved on a national and worldwide. Yes, yes. You have a friendship with Opal Lee. Will yes. you share with everyone if, uh, that may not know Opal Lee, will you share a little bit about her work? Uh, and, and I love it. Fort Worth's attached to her, she comes from Fort Worth, and she has worked so passionately for Juneteenth uh, to be a national holiday. She is probably one of the most, uh, she's so wise and just very simple, elegant, and when, you, when she needs you, she does not play. When Miss, Miss Opal calls you, you don't say no. And I just got really busy and involved um, with her, her campaigns, the parade, and she's a really beautiful woman. And the world is so small, I end up finding out that she's related to my sister-in-law. Oh, wow. um, Judge Maria Jackson, their, her grandfather is Opal Lee's husband. She's a widower. But believe me, the good things that are coming out of this uh, since 2021, she will be opening a uh, Juneteenth, a national Juneteenth Museum, which will be in Fort Worth on land that people have tried to buy from her for years. Wow. And she just kept saying, you know, the Lord has a spot and a reason for that. So it's a $75 million project and it will be in Fort Worth, Texas. So that means, again, Fort Worth would have a reason for people to come from all around the world to visit this museum. It's not gonna be in DC. It's going to be in Fort Worth, Cowtown, Texas. <laughs> and that is a blessing. That is. is a blessing with itself. It is. And Miss Opal Lee was a school teacher. And so education is really important to her and important to this cause that uh, the people coming, young people coming up, understand this and I love what Reverend Joy is doing with this conversation because we do have to keep talking about history, mm -hmm. how we all can be better, how we all can be better sisters and keepers of our sisters and brothers. Mm -hmm. And the young people can only learn from us. Mm -hmm. Now I talk a lot, so you have to stop me. <laughs> no, you're doing great. You're doing great. I think that's key is the awareness. Yes. And I'm so excited to hear about this museum because it's generation after generation after generation that we need to continue to tell these stories. 
and keep it to the forefront um, of, of our minds and also our awareness. Um, I have a, a one-year-old son, and um, while his father, my husband, is Hispanic, um, he is raised as as a as a white privileged little boy, and the the react the, the reality is, and I say this because the reality is, um, I would have never thought I need to teach my son that if he is pulled over by a police person, how to react, how to respond, because he's light-skinned. He and so there, we, we're living in different worlds here that we need to be conscious of, that, that there is not equality, and that um, how we treat one another, how we keep in our minds that there is still systemic racism, yes. there's injustice that is happening in our own backyards, um, and the awareness of that, um, the, uh, the, the, the consciousness of that, and then the work the work that we all need to do. Um, I, I think one thing's really important. Um, I was actually having a friend, uh, I was having a conversation with a friend about, about this and, and she was referencing, um, and I put in quotation about, um, in Juneteenth in this context, about slaves. And I said, it's really important, and I knew this friend well enough that I could speak up. I said, it's really important that we don't call people slaves, that they were enslaved persons. And I came across this um, quote from Jordan Rice, who is a, a columnist, and he says, he said the importance of calling enslaved people instead of slaves. He said, calling people slaves, author Jordan Rice says, minimizes the actions of people and systems that enslaved them. Liberation first starts with retelling history more truthfully. Amen. So it's little things like that of how we refer to persons, how we are conscious of the words that we say they matter. They matter. Just like this museum that will go on to show generation after generation of, of the, the horrible history that took place and how do we make that right? How do we work for justice to make that right? Yeah. I am I'm grateful for the work that you do, and there is so much work yet to be done here in Fort Worth. Yes. Um, recently learned about the redlining here in Fort Worth, and um, I invite you to, to Google that um, in, in your time to, to learn more about that. Mm -hmm. Will you tell us a little bit about um, the injustices that continue to happen in Fort Worth now and, and ways that we, practical ways that we can work for justice in our community? There are... You can start from everywhere from employment, uh, from specialty groups, certain schools, and some of us sitting here on board of directors that would be able to look in and look at the difference of, of a person of color and give them a chance to get that scholarship. Mm to give them a chance to look outside the color of their skin, mm -hmm. be it uh, African-American, Latino, uh, Korean, to be able to look at that person and look at the qualities that they're bringing to the table. Mm -hmm. We can just start there with simple things. We can start with simple things in the store. As my children say, I don't know a stranger. I talk to everybody. <laughs> so, I mean, you can have simple conversations in the store. I mean, none of us know each other. We don't know 
who we are or what we're about, but we can just start with, hey, how are you? How's your day going? And just to talk. You never know who that person is, and they may end up being uh, your keeper when you're in the hospital. They may be the person that may be taking care of you when you die. But there's a way we can all start. And, I mean, there's certain things we can do for uh, different groups. You can volunteer uh, for uh, social justice for all. You can send out emails. Mm -hmm. You can make phone calls. You can raise money. But the most simplest thing that is free is kindness. Mm. It's just kindness. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Ms. Rhonda here has a fantastic singing voice, as I mentioned earlier. And I asked if she would sing a song that captures the celebration and lament of Juneteenth. And so she's going to share with us um, a few lines. There's two songs <laughs> that I thought about. And um, the first one was... Swing low, sweet chariot, coming forth to carry me home. Swing low, sweet chariot, coming forth to carry me I think about that song because it makes me think about the Underground Railroad. Um, and you think about all your rights being stripped away from you. You're still working as an enslaved person. And to find out 2.5 years later that you're still a slave and to find out that you're free Hallelujah, hallelujah. So I think of that song in a more modern song uh, that I think about. Um, Come bring me your kindness in yours. Jesus, don't you know with you I'm born again, lying safe within your arms, but God. And so you think about that, that you're not free, and you know Jesus is sweet and just laying in his arms. He's going to protect you. He's going to get you to where you need to be. And none of this is just going to change overnight. It's not. I mean, this has been going on for over 150 years. This morning I saw on the news where there's a family. So, you know, this one went to Master Tom, this person, families broken up 
over 150 years later due to technology and DNA, a family has now found all of their relatives in 2022. So this will continue. It will get better, but again, because of education, we will do better. We are all God's people, and we all have a responsibility in making our world better and making the United States better. Amen. Will you help show our appreciation to Reverend Rhonda? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. For additional resources and information, I invite you to check out our website, thecaringcongregation.com. Also, we have two webinars coming up, one in July and one in October. I hope that you'll take an opportunity to go to our website and take a look and see if that's something perhaps you're interested in. Be sure to share this podcast with your pastors, with your friends or neighbors. Maybe you have someone who... Um, is unaware of what Juneteenth is, and perhaps you can share the importance of this now recognized national holiday. Be sure to rate this podcast, make a comment. It helps with the algorithm so other people can find us as well. And we will see you next week. A brand new episode will uh, drop on Tuesday next week. Until then, may God bless you and keep you.